You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. Uh, welcome in. Welcome in to a live Sunday morning Purple Daily here. Uh, we originally, we were going to do something either live or pre-recorded anyways on Sunday morning because Judd has camp notes just out the wazoo okay. from... From the practice, uh, was it yesterday, I guess? Yeah, but then, well, two uh, days. Yeah. yeah, well, two days worth of practice. Friday, yeah, Friday as well. I mean, that Johnny Muntcatch can't be ignored on Friday. Wow, dude, we need a full episode to break down the, My guy. the Johnny Muntcatch. My guy won't go away. No, nor should he, really. He's a, he's one of the most knowledgeable system guys on the roster. It's going to be tough to tough to punt him out. But then uh, as we're waking up this morning, old Macadac was uh, about halfway through the Major League Baseball immaculate grid, just shaking the cobwebs off, and we see the breaking news. Tom Pellicero, I believe, had it first, our old friend. Daniil Hunter and the Minnesota Vikings have come to a resolution. They have agreed to a one-year I don't know if restructure is the word, just like a one-year redo and a raise. We'll get into all the details, what it means. We'll sprinkle in some Judd's Camp Notes here. Presented by our friends at TCL, which has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. So here are the details, Judd. So Daniil Hunter goes from, and uh, by the way, I think we started raising this flag like late in the season last year. And I know there were some people who are like, you guys are just being f- contract fear mongers. Yeah. Yep. No, he said there's no way he plays on a $4.9 million base salary. And he wasn't going to. So he goes from a $4.9 million base to $17 million fully guaranteed for 2023 and $3 million in incentives. So the total package for comp for Daniel Hunter can be $20 million. And they negotiated a no franchise or no trade with the transition tag, be pot a no tag clause, right? They can't franchise him. him. Yep. Yep. So he can become a free, he gets, he gets a huge raise for this year. It actually ties him in terms of average annual value. If he gets the full $20 million bag, it would tie him for eighth among edge rusher salaries with Von Miller. So, He's closer yep. to where he's wanted to be. Yep. And uh, and then he becomes a free agent in March. The Vikings would then have, I guess, a blank canvas. They could re-sign him if they wanted to. My guess is this is probably the last year he plays for the Vikings. And you're wondering, well, where did the Vikings find all that money? Didn't they have cap issues? Well, based on all the maneuvering they had done and the way they had structured, like the Byron Murphy contract and and you know all the other contracts from the last seven months, the Vikings actually had $18 million in cap space going into this morning for this year. Okay. okay. So we don't know. Now, there's a couple void years still tacked on to Daniel Hunter's contract, so I guess there could be more details. But the Vikings did have a bunch of cap space coming into this morning. So 
it's done. He's going to be back at practice, back in a Vikings uniform and uh, in that Brian Flores defensive system, Judd. And I think it's absolutely huge because, again, it looked like the option was going to be without him if they had uh, had their hand forced and traded him. It, it was going to be DJ Wanham, who's a backup type of guy. This, to me, is an absolute win as well for the Vikings, and here's why. You know, we had talked about, ideally, it's a three-year contract. And we thought, and I'm sure that originally, Daniil and his representatives were trying to get a longer-term contract with more cash involved. And it seems like the Vikings must have drawn a line in the sand and said, we're not going to do that. We can't. And again, the hunter camp, while being well-compensated, it looks to me like they just said, he wants to play. We'll find a way to make that happen. Um, but if I'm the Vikings, I'm absolutely ecstatic because you got a Pro Bowl player back and he's still a damn good player. Like, I, like I've been saying, you know, if you look at it, Thielen being gone, Cook and Kendricks are all sort of just aging out guys who are gone and they might have a, a good year left or not. But I think Hunter is a massive impact guy still. Very, very mm-hmm. important. And to get him on a one-year contract to me is a enormous win. So if I'm the Vikings, I am ecstatic. And I thought by yesterday when when the uh, Jeremy Fowler's report from ESPN came out that the, the Vikings were entertaining trade offers, you know, it looked like it it might be done. But what sort of set my tentacles up that it might not be was then um, in the morning at that report, like I think it came out around eight or so. And Kevin O'Connell had, uh, had his... Um, like every three day session in the late morning and O'Connell in talking about this sounded very like, he's like, he's in the building. It's he, and, and in dodging questions about it, he made it very clear. And this is what this again is why I love a coach who behind the scenes has a lot to do with roster decisions, but has nothing to do with like the money. Yeah. Kevin O'Connell made it extremely clear. I'm on team Hunter. <laughs> He did not, if you go, if you listen, he talks about wanting him back, wanting to get Mm -hmm. him back. There's nothing in there like I'm disappointed in him. Uh, There's nothing in in there like it's a major problem he's not practicing. So when I heard that, I'm like, this is a very, very smart approach because no matter how Daniil feels about the business side of like Rob Brzezinski and Kwesi, his head coach has his back. And I got to think that helps. I got to think yeah. that that plays a positive role if you're him in coming back and probably taking a contract that that compensates you well, but it's a contract that certainly does not offer the security because if he gets hurt, he's in trouble, um, that he probably wanted. But I thought O'Connell's approach really shed some light on how the Vikings approach this. Yeah, it's a, it's actually a perfect good cop, bad cop scenario not that like Quasi is a, a bad cop all the time but he has to play you know he, he's a he's a team and player friendly guy and he's a culture building guy but he also has to be the the doctor no when it comes to what we can and can't do correct co- contractually so so at the end of the day like Quasi has to be the one that says if if they feel like it would be a mistake to lock Daniel Hunter up at age 30 and 31 for like you know 20 or 25 million dollars a year you know, it's going to get sort of contentious with the agent. And, but if you're Kevin O'Connell, you can kind of play both sides behind the scenes. You can be like, you know, Quace, I think I agree with you on this. Yeah. I think like I, I, I see your side of it, but with Daniil and publicly, I'm going to have my players back 
And and so you had the, the good cop coming in and, you know, look at the way Dallas, it's a little bit different because Daniil's base salary was so far, like, the way that they had sort of configured this contract, it was made to be re- redone this summer. He was never going to play on a $4.9 million base. It's just like the way that this sort of weird contract trail has manifested. But look at the way the Vikings sort of handled this compared to the way the Cowboys are handling the Zach Martin situation. You're going to get star players. They're going to get mad every year. Like someone on your team is going to be mad about their contract or whatever. And Jerry Jones comes out and basically says, I think it was Jerry Jones, right? He basically says like, uh, you know, Zach Martin is making plenty of money. We have to, we have to use this money to go pay other players and whatnot. And so it's a, it's going to be a very costly mistake for Zach to keep doing what he's doing. Like he basically puts his thumb on the player and says, right, screw right. you, so, guy, even though you've been a great Dallas Cowboy for eight years. The Vikings don't go that route. They just, you know, all right, let's come on in. Let's not do a holdout. Why don't you come on in the building? You don't have to go out to practice. We'll kind of right. we'll figure this out. If it lingers, we'll, and now, now we'll come up with a different plan. And now we don't have to fine you. Because, like, if you're just here, my theory, and, and I've got – Hunter didn't even come out to, to a practice like to watch. My theory was he came in, checked in, talked to KOC, and then might have gone home. But the Vikings are like, that's fine. We don't have to find you then. So, like, mm-hmm. this all, yes. Yes, the Vikings kept this as smooth as possible. And by by uh, Quasi not talking about it publicly or or basically trying just to, you know, he, he did last Tuesday, but it was very, uh, you know, we, we love him. He's a great player. But, yeah, I think that every step of the way, this was very, very smart. And, you know, I'm sure that there are some guys who who would have said one year, $20 million is great, but screw that. I need three to five years. Yeah. And finding this Viking sweet spot is really, really smart. And I would say that that now it appears – Hunter is going to be gone next March, except every time we say that they come to some type of well, agreement. But but for 2023, the Vikings definitely got this right. So, well, but there is there there's a lot more to talk about here because you've got sort of the, the 2023 on-field productivity part of it, which I agree they got that right. But then there's the cap situation going forward. And real quick, there's another example, too, from a couple days ago. I think it was yesterday. Jim Irsay, the Colts owner. So this Jonathan Taylor stuff is bubbling over. And and the Colts might wind up trading Jonathan Taylor because he's mad, he's mad about he's on a rookie scale contract still, I think. And he wants to get the bag like all running backs do, but none of them do anymore. Yes. And J- Jim Irsay basically said, we're all lucky and privileged to be part of this league. So we should just keep that yeah, in mind, you know. Jim Irsay's office rocker like that did not surprise me one bit but yes that there that those are great quotes and if you're a reporter you're thrilled but I mean that's about as stupid why would you say that stuff and and the Colts are reliant this is the thing the Colts can play that this game that the rest of the league is right running backs you know running backs aren't as important but their offense last time I checked was based around Jonathan Taylor so yeah. like they're not in the same bag as most teams. So yeah, that those comments were absolutely asinine. Yeah. Um, before we get into some of the okay, the short term and the long term here, and then some Judd's camp notes. Wow, we have almost a thousand people hanging out with us here. Just kind of just we just randomly on a decided morning? to go live on a Sunday morning. Yeah, you guys are awesome. 
So thank you guys for waking up with Purple Daily here. This is your, if you're just discovering the show maybe because of this breaking news, this is a daily, literally a 365-day-a-year Vikings-themed podcast where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And uh, having Daniil Hunter versus not having him makes it more likely, however much more likely, that they can have a chance to do that. So if you could click the subscribe button and the like button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, and then if you're listening back on demand, uh, a five-star rating and a positive review on the Apple Podcast platform also helps spread the word about uh, this awesome Vikings community that you guys are helping us build here. So uh, short term, like for this year, the Vikings have, I would say, well, I'll say this. So Daniil Hunter is a top 10 edge rusher still by almost any measurement. PFF grade, he was top 10. He's not maybe the elite of the elite like he was before the injuries three or four years ago, but he was top 15 in sacks. He was top 10 in pressures among edge rushers, and he was top five in hurries in a system that probably didn't utilize That's him. That's what I was going to, yes. Right? Exactly. Yes, 100%. So he is, he's he's a top 10 edge rusher, and, and, and they can plug that in. Marcus Davenport only had one sack, but he had nine the previous year, and he was still ninth in pass rush win rate last year. So... There are some underlying metrics that show you that Marcus Davenport, when he's on the field, despite the odd lack of actual sack productivity, that he can also be a guy that could, you know, maybe he grabs you eight sacks and a bunch of pressures or something this year. So so this year, they should have, if those guys stay healthy, a nice edge-rushing tandem. But my question for you, Judd, is when you look at their organizational situation going forward, both of those guys are free agents after the year. Yep. So those two guys could go... They could just go sign elsewhere for a boatload of money. Kirk Cousins is a free agent as of right now at the end of the year. You have, not to mention like Harrison Smith, probably a free agent. K.J. Osborne, possibly a free agent. So you got all these key players, offense and defense, that are set to be free agents after 2023. And right now, before we even get like the full details on the Daniil Hunter, like the void years and where some of this money goes, before this contract got redone, mm-hmm. there was like $11 million in dead money on Daniel Hunter's void year for 2024. So that that's going to bloat almost certainly, right? Right. So they have like 40 or $50 million in dead cap money for 2024 next year, yep. just between Kirk Cousins and Daniel Hunter. Don't you think, though, that at some point here that um... – O'Connell and Quazy, and I, I guess it starts with Quazy. Don't you think they're going to have to swallow hard and accept a year or two where it's going to be rough? Like I, I just don't, I don't see, I don't see an end game that doesn't end with that. Like they they are continually, and this is sort of Vikings. They're continually kicking the can down the road in some ways. Now I I will say I like what they've done in parting ways with Cook, Thielen, and Kendricks. So I do like that. But, Phil, I don't see a way out of it's at least going to be a very pleasant surprise if you win nine games at some point. Um, what's the way around that? To to your point, they've got a ton of dead cash. Like, there's, there's only going to be X amount of cap available um, because you're basically, you know, you stole from Peter to pay Paul for so long. And you're not going to have a quarterback at some point. So... I, I just I don't see a way around a conversation, you know, and it's 
not for 2023 for sure, but I don't see yeah. a way around a conversation that's not going to end with this is probably going to be a tough year or two as you transition out of this whole group. And and this started with, you know, with Rick and Rob, and now it's Quazy and Rob. But unless I'm missing something or unless you just draft like wizards, how do you get around that just becoming a reality at some point in, you know, 2024, 25-ish? Yeah, it's a... Because you can make a really strong case that quarterback and edge rushers are the the two most important things you need to to, to compete at a Super Bowl level. Yeah, you need a left tackle and you need wide receivers or cornerbacks. I'm not saying that there's nothing else that's important, but if your quarterback and your two starting edge rushers are all free agents, that's a really like you like you said you have to draft like wizards to replace those. Now with with Davenport, he's still young enough to where if he has a big season, maybe you'd give him like a three year, four year big contract. I don't know that you would do the same thing with Hunter because all of a sudden now it's like he's going to be thirty years old in two thousand twenty four. So you've got your sights at some point here in the draft or via a trade of some kind, which you don't just trade for elite starting quarterbacks and elite edge rushers; they're not just right. available, right? Right. You have to find. Who is your next Daniil Hunter for the next seven years? Probably got to find him in the first round, right? Who is your franchise yeah. quarterback after Kirk Cousins? When do you start officially looking for him? So in the short term, for just 2023, the Vikings are better now because Daniil Hunter did not get traded. They have a better chance to win more games. It's a win-now window because of Kirk's age. You got Harrison Smith back for another year. Um, Justin Jefferson, like there's a lot of win now DNA to this thing, but there are a lot of questions about 2024 and 2025 and the Daniel Hunter contract only sort of adds to those questions. Yeah. And don't, don't forget too, you're going to have to pay Jefferson here at some point soon. And you know, that contract is going to kick in, uh, in a couple of years. And the longer it takes to get th that contract done, the less that you can try and slide some of the cap hit into 2024. Um, Christian Derrissaw is going to be eligible for his contract extension yeah. um, with two years left on his rookie contract next spring. So yeah, there's, there is a, there are a ton of moving parts here. I will say this too, to his credit, Justin Jefferson has cut them a massive break because you could make a very good case, especially after we saw what uh, took place with Joe Burrow and Bengals cap camp a couple days ago, Phil. Um, Justin Jefferson's cut them a massive break by not saying, you know what, I'll practice when I get my new contract. Yeah. Because like he would, this kid is special. And I'm telling you right now in practice, he is going full speed, which which scares even a guy like me. Um, but uh, he, he, the fact he's practicing you could probably make a pretty good case, dude. You shouldn't. So that's one huge break. Is yeah, that dude, this look kid at Joe is, Burrow? Like Joe Burrow is well, going to get that's a deal. What I'm saying. But, like, but and Joe Burrow though, there there's a case to be made. He should not be practicing. Like he mm -hmm. should not have been. So the point is, there's some good karma there from from Jefferson in being willing to practice because this kid's payday, and that's something else they're going to have to work out. Because when those cat when those cap hits kick in in full. That's going to be no kidding around with cap hits. Yeah. By the way, one more piece of reporting here from Dan Graziano, ESPN.com, that uh, the $3 million in incentives, so it's $17 million guaranteed for Hunter, and then there's $3 million in incentives, and the incentives are tied to sacks, which is not shocking. 
So if he, yep. we don't have the full details, but you know, if he gets, <laughs> you know, ten sacks, it's a million or something. Which means Brian Flores promised not to drop him into zone zone blitzes and go into yeah. coverage about twenty five times. Yeah, let's uh, let's not do that. It doesn't seem like a productive idea. So my only other thing on this, just to kind of put a bow on the uh, the Daniel Hunter portion of this podcast, is that. I've seen some people, you know, speculating, okay, so he you pay him this year and then you can get like a comp pick when he leaves. I don't think you can get a comp pick when he hits free agency because the void years would negate that, right? Yeah, that's my understand. I think that's right. Yes. Yes. I I'm not completely clear, but I have read that before, but that would also mean that you can't get a comp pick if Kirk leaves, too, correct? Cuz he correct. he's got a bunch of those in his contract as well, like two or three. So Mm -hmm. yes, my under my understanding going back to what I've read is that if you put voyagers in it, you can't get a comp pick, but I should probably research that more to make absolutely sure. Yeah. And there's going to be more details about kind of where they spread some of this money, you know, maybe based on what they do with Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson, they might maneuver things around differently. So any other thoughts on Daniil Hunter before we get to, a couple things in Judd's camp notebook. If I'm a Vikings fan, I'm absolutely thrilled. And I personally am surprised he took a a one-year short-term contract. I know he's betting on himself, and that's smart. Um, but at his age, and ha- having missed all of 2020 and a good portion of 2021 because of unrelated injuries, uh, I really thought that this was going to come to a major head based on the term and the cash. So I think, again... The Vikings. This is a major win here. This this is their this is their first Sunday win of the season because this one is a big one, and from what I've seen defensively, I think he's going to in this in this Flores system make a huge impact. I am seeing, by the way, from Nick Corte, who is an OverTheCap.com contributor, and he yep. is the compensatory picks guy for Over the Cap. Oh, good. Okay. Good. So he tweeted, Daniil Hunter is still eligible and slated to become a comp free agent next offseason. Okay. So the, so the Vikings would potentially get okay. a comp Good. pick for him. His original extension stretched from 2019 through 2023, and it still does even with his recent pay raise, even if they add more void years to stretch out the cap it. So, okay, no. so that doesn't take away from the, the no. ability to get a comp pick. Okay, that's great well, news because that's a third-round pick. I think we'll uh, we'll trust the comp picks guy at overthecap.com yeah. more than our I own agree. intuition here. Good. So, but you wouldn't, you know, let's say let's say you do get a comp pick, you wouldn't actually get that comp pick until 2025, right? So like the 2024 free agent yeah, class I wouldn't kick produce any, comp yes. picks for 25. Correct. But so, still could help. Anyhow, there you go. There's your Daniel Hunter breakdown this is tom bernard can't get enough of sports talk with phil Mackey and judd zolgad tune in to the new tom bernard show podcast monday through friday as phil and judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind just download the tom bernard show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. it's another way to get more from me and judd talking sports and having fun with tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. All right, let's get into a couple uh, Judd's training camp notebook items here. What Big you day yesterday. Us? Big day. Fans were there because they so they, they started training camp practices on Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at TCO. No fans. 
Chris well, Carter was there too. I saw Chris Carter was there on Friday. Okay. Um, and fans were there on Saturday. Let's get into the highlights though of the Saturday practice because uh, there's a few. First of all, Justin Jefferson, unbelievable. He's having a fun. I mean, it's no surprise. So yeah, yeah, duh. But he is having a phenomenal camp. He made not one but two plays yesterday on on very well thrown. Not trying to take credit away from him here. Very well thrown passes by Kirk. On the first one, he beat a Caleb Evans on what looked like a 50-yard pass or so, 40-yard pass, um, along the sideline, and, and then cut uh, cut back and scored. It looked like the touchdown it's in a reverse, so different sides of the field, but it looked like his first touchdown against the Titans, if you recall that touchdown he caught mm-hmm. on that deep ball from Kirk. Uh, the second one was he just flat-out beat Andrew Booth Jr. on a, on a uh, skinny post route. Skinny post, and it was a go route, and it was an absolutely great bang-bang play. Booth had no chance, but you know what? I'm not sure there's any cornerback on that field that the Vikings currently employ who would have broken up that that play. So Justin Jefferson, he's actually, you know, training camp practices aren't, especially now, Phil, the most exciting thing in the world. But when they do drills, when they do team drills— Justin Jefferson is, dare I say, with a little bit of hyperbole, worth the price of admission because it now costs to attend a training camp practice. I mean, it's just, he's phenomenal. And he's going full speed. And at times I'm like, dude, just go get in bubble wrap until September 10th because he's the type of player, I swear to God, he could tell them, you know what, I'm done practicing, see it September 10th, and he'll catch two touchdown passes. It's that Masonian prime of your career thing. Yeah. But but I think it is safe to say, I think he's improved. <laughs> I think he might be better. So what is, I guess, I don't know if, if he shares this or if you can sort of see, but he told Chris Carter and he's told other people and maybe he's told the media that he's added a couple things to his arsenal to make him better. Yeah. What would that be? Like, what I guess one thing I've seen him do a couple times in just – like some of the highlight videos that Vikings Entertainment Network puts out, he'll go up like some of the high point catches in like either back of the end zone or along the boundary. Yeah, Friday, he has he a way this. of kind of going up and and making the catch while twisting his body to come yep. straight down. Yep, it's like he's finding and a he way rolls to, off of it. So instead of like catching yep. a pass and kind of the momentum taking you where it's going, he catches it and then at the same time he's contorting his body to just drop straight down and get his feet yep. in but he's also done some of that in his first three years in the nfl but what i'd like to know what are like the nuanced things that the best receiver in the world is adding to get better you know yeah and you're t- talking about a play that he actually made um in the near end zone to me on friday and you're right what he does what he did was he goes he goes up the defender's right there and as he's coming down he's twi- he he allows himself to come straight down but he also twists away he basically scored a touchdown on a play in which you, if you made the catch in a normal way, you probably get tackled at the two. But because mm-hmm. he twisted himself like a pretzel, um, and he came down on 
one leg and with his legs that's just a little bit scary because that guy's got skinny legs but it is a definite move nervous it it makes me so nervous in practice he got hurt two years ago it makes me nervous i'm not gonna lie i I understand practice i understand it but that's my point is i'm not sure he does it's just incredible but anyway (laughs) yes the play that you're talking about was very intentional like you could see him mentally going through the fact that he was going to twist away and then fall into the end zone and score so that might be new. I'm just saying I think he's improving, which sounds incredibly stupid. Everyone in this room is like, Judd, I just got dumber because you told me Justin Jefferson's improving. How is that possible? No. I think it's possible. He seems like a guy that's just completely obsessed with He understands the opportunity in his life and career that you're not going to be able to. Like Chris, Chris Carter's out there. You know, Chris Carter hasn't been able to do this the last 15 years, 20 years. He's too old now, right? You're only going to be able to do it for 10 years. So devote your entire every waking second to it, and it seems like he is. Similar deep pass before the Jefferson plays from uh, Kirk Cousins uh, to Jordan Addison. Falls incomplete. Jordan didn't lay out for it. Mm. Probably a smart move in training camp, but you're going to have to lay out in the regular season. How does he look so far? You know, he looks good. He is incredibly fast. Um, he definitely has a real chance, as far as I can tell from the competition for this uh, job, he definitely has a real chance to return punts at some point in time. He, he does. He is in the rotation of guys. Uh, his speed is really intriguing. Um, I think his routes are good. But, you know, you, I think we, what, what I haven't seen yet, and it's training camp, but what I haven't seen yet is does he have that J.J. gear? And by that, you know, and Justin Jefferson special, so Jordan might not. But Justin Jefferson has that gear, that competitive slash I'm so talented gear that when he flips it, it could be a recess football game and he's going to beat your ass. Um, Jordan Addison, I'm not saying he doesn't have that gear, but I need to see that. So Some of the the joint practices, I think, from his end are going to be incredibly intriguing to, to watch because there's just so, you know, when you're a rookie receiver or a first round pick, like uh, Jordan is, there's so many boxes to check. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things we don't know that there's things I am very curious about, but I mean, do, does he look like he knows what he's doing? Absolutely. Is that yeah. going to translate into being, you know, a good player or great player? I have no clue at this point. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to withhold, judgment on Jordan Addison because you know he hasn't played an NFL game yet I just when I hear him speak when I just like the the speeding thing the things he said on the conference call and he's not mature like it, he just that's seems very, a little, yeah, he seems he's not really mature immature. yet we'll go with that yeah. he seems he's really not immature. mature yet yeah but okay. but from a football standpoint so here's but here's the weird thing and this is where this sport reveals itself in different ways his maturity would help, but here's my question, and I have no idea. Is he football immature? Because Percy Harvin wasn't. Percy Harvin was immature. He's very life immature. As a player. Yeah. But but athletically, and and just to be very, very clear here, though, the day Percy hit the field, you're like, oh, my God. It was sort of the Jefferson effect. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet with Jordan, but my point is the fact that he looks like he can run routes pretty well and and he is like his practices aren't like oh man um 
that's a good thing. So I guess my I guess the question that I need answered is how sports mature is he? Because yes, there's a long there's looks like there's a long way to go in the life maturity thing, which is not unusual. Yeah. Um, it, you just want to expedite that part of the process as quickly as possible. Yeah. And just yeah, just just devote yourself, man. Don't drive 140. Don't yeah. say stupid. Just just put your head down but, and follow follow Justin Jefferson, right? You know, but keep in mind though, you know, Percy AP to a certain point away from the the field in Randy, his prime. Randy Moss was was yeah. fairly life. Yeah, mature, exactly. You know? Justin Jefferson is a gift from God. I I mean, as far as I can tell, and I have no idea if he's a good good guy away from football or not, but as far as I can tell, I have not read or seen one thing to say, yeah, that sort of stops me. Now, yeah. AP had that going for a while as well, but not like this. There were things around him that you heard. I haven't heard one thing about Justin Jefferson where I'm like, oh, interesting. That's not good. Yeah. Nothing. Yep. Knock on wood. We'll knock on wood. Hopefully. That continues. All right. What? Uh, give us a couple other nuggets here before we okay, wrap I'll on this give, live episode. I'll give you one more. Um, it was an interception festival yesterday during practice. Oh, no. It was an interception festival. Four of them thrown. Um, Kirk Cousins threw one to Andrew Booth Jr. that looked like it was a confusion problem. It didn't look like I don't think he screwed up. I think it was confusion about the actual play. Um, it looked like the ball was snapped before Kirk expected it. So I, I would say trying to give Kirk the benefit of the doubt, that was more of a team pick problem as much as it was a Kirk problem. Yeah. Um, boy, how can I put this kindly? I love Jaron Hall. I love me some Jaron Hall. Look, looks like the kid might be fine. It was a rough day, though. Uh, he was picked by Makai Blackman on a nice mm. pick. But a very bad, but a very bad pass. And it looked like it was just a bad pass. It did not look like this was a route problem. And he was picked um, late in the same practice by cornerback Najee Thompson. Uh, but this was a rough day for the kid, which is going to happen. Not yeah. passing judgment, but, you know, I guess I might have to slow my Jaron Hall roll a little bit. Hey, what was and, the Lewis scene interception? That well, the, the, that's also? the one I want to get to. So, so... Seen almost picked Nick Mullins earlier in the practice, and he didn't. He probably should have picked him. So really late in the practice in a two-minute drive, you're trying to get a field goal drill uh, as time expires. So it's more of a Greg Joseph kicker drill. But the Vikings are, with Nick Mullins quarterback, the Vikings are, I don't know, approximately, let's say, the 30-yard line. And Nick Mullins throws a pass. And it was a fantastic pick by scene. A diving pick. I think that it's on Twitter. I'm not sure if the Vikings tweeted it, but some fans definitely did because yeah. fans just can film or fans do film, much to the team's dismay. But this pick by scene is absolutely fantastic. Diving, anticipation. It looked like coaching played a, a role. Um, that's the type of pick when I – See it one. It shows you something about the player that you don't, you have not seen much of, which is a really good thing. Uh, but just as importantly, it also makes you wonder again what competent coaching is going to do here. But yes, that was offensively the two deep balls to Jefferson were the plays of the day. Defensively, there's no question this was the defensive play of the day. That pick, but by seeing who still has not sniffed any time, just to be very clear with the first team. Yeah. Well, he. He has to do stuff like this, right? This is why they. Yep. This is 
this is the only reason why you would draft a safety in the first round is if you thought he could do stuff like this yep on a regular basis and yeah the, like i saw the video from a couple fans from kind of the behind the gorgeous pick. like the end zone view and he comes flying from out of the screen and it's one of those where like man if you're wrong on this and you're just fly you're just flying taking yourself out of a play but he was right and he picks it and the sideline pops and goes crazy it's like that's yep. the stuff that you need to see from lewis seen if he's going to get some reps with with the first team so absolutely yeah hell of yeah. a play so yeah training camp continues this week and we're gonna I think we yeah, we can make this announcement because we're going to do it tomorrow. Let's we're going to do a an early fifty three man roster projection, and you're going to mm -hmm. kind of guide us because you've been there, the yeah, eyes and the ears on the ground at camp. I got it right here. I'm going to start going to start crossing off some names tonight. Let's get it. This is so it. I expect at least one like surprise veteran cut too because there's almost always something something oh, yeah. weird that happens. Absolutely. So we'll do that on tomorrow's Purple Daily. We're hitting you guys with bonus episodes, too. We're live on Fridays at 10 o'clock in the morning, and we're formulating plans for uh, the regular season starting in September. So thank you guys for helping make Purple Daily one of the most listened-to football podcasts in America. I believe it's now 18 straight months charting top 15 or better on the Apple football podcast chart. So nice. just insane how many vikings fans are out there and uh all of you guys are supporting us so all right brunch time for you i think it's probably yep. brunch time for me barbie well. time oh brunch big day today we're going to see barbie don and i are going to see barbie yep what's your I'm expectation are you I, I think it's gonna be good yeah i think I, it's i want to see I, it i've not seen it yet i think it's going to to be good um the, the person behind this um did the film, I don't know if you saw this one, Lady Bird a couple of years ago. Have not seen Lady Bird. Really, really good. So, yes, uh -huh. I, I have big expectations that this is going to be good. Wow. Big day for the Zolgads. A little brunch, a little football off day. Go to see some Barbie and uh, back at practice tomorrow. So thank oh, you guys yeah. again. Click the subscribe button and the like button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. You can help us uh, grow this thing even more going into the 2023 season. I'm Phil. He's Judd. We'll see you next time on Purple Daily.